Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Monday, November 6th, TH, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Jumping right into today's weather, sunny Riverside basks in the warmth of a high of 80.7 degrees, with a low of 61.6 tonight, giving us a perfect fall day. On the world front, we'll delve into the escalating situation in Gaza, where the death toll leaps as the global community calls for a ceasefire in the region. Turning to environmental news, we'll shed light on a game-changing resolution proposed by developers to tackle the climate crisis constructing resilient and sustainable homes in areas susceptible to climate risks. Tuning into health and wellness, we're looking at a new study showing Tai Chi isn't just a relaxing practice with its potential to slow cognitive decline and provide protection against dementia. And closing with a heartwarming conservation story, brave wildlife officials and volunteers have successfully saved an entangled humpback whale off Gustavus, Alaska. Stay with us as we delve deeper into these stories providing the information you simply can't miss out on. Stick around. We begin today with a tragic milestone in Gaza. The Hamas-run health ministry reports that the death toll has surpassed 9,700, with more than 4,000 of them being children and minors. Joining me now is Ethan, our news analyst, to discuss the concerning situation. That's right, Grace. The circumstances there are dire. Israeli troops have encircled Gaza City, effectively splitting the enclave into northern and southern parts, as reported by ABC News. An invasion of the city is imminent. It must be unsettling for residents there. Has this division impacted their everyday lives? Definitely, Grace. In fact, Gazans have been experiencing temporary communication blackouts for the third time since the conflict sparked, disrupting their normal lives and posing challenges for journalists trying to relay the situation. The offensive led by the Israeli military is still persisting, correct? Yes, Grace. Just within the past day, the military targeted hundreds of Hamas sites and took control of a military compound. The situation is so severe that airstrikes have struck two refugee camps in the Gaza Strip, resulting in high casualties. And what are we seeing on the Israeli side as a response to all this? The reported death toll in Israel is over 1,400. This figure mainly results from a Hamas attack on October 7, which ultimately started the conflict. How grave is the situation for international leaders? World leaders are definitely worried, Grace. Aside from the escalating death toll, the humanitarian crisis in Gaza has led to global outcry. For instance, the French Prime Minister disclosed that 40 French lives were lost to Hamas attacks, with eight still unaccounted for. What about the U.S.? U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is presently on a diplomatic trip to the Middle East. He will meet with Turkey's foreign minister, primarily to address this mounting demand for a ceasefire. And Ethan, let's not forget about the West Bank. How have recent developments impacted this region? Absolutely, Grace. Violent clashes and Israeli raids have left over 140 Palestinians dead in the West Bank. The combined Palestinian death toll, including Gaza and the West Bank, is estimated to be at least 14,000, with over 6,000 being children, says the Al-Mazan Center for Human Rights in Gaza. 
The story continues to unfold. Where are we getting the latest details? News updates are being extensively covered by international platforms like CNN and Al Jazeera. These updates pull information from a variety of sources, such as the Israeli Defense Forces, Palestinian health officials, and the on-ground correspondents. Given the escalating conflict and surging death toll, what do we foresee happening in the coming days? The situation remains critical, Grace. There's a building urgency for a ceasefire to avert further life loss and to relieve civilians stuck in the crossfire. Still, achieving peace in the region depends on finding a diplomatic solution, a challenge the international community is urgently trying to tackle. Thank you for the comprehensive analysis, Ethan. We'll closely watch for updates on this situation. Now on to story number two of today's news roundup. An intriguing report by the Associated Press raises an important question for developers in three cities. Do they construct homes in areas considered to be high risk due to extreme weather conditions? Well, it turns out that some developers are tackling this climate dilemma head-on by building homes that are resilient to such weather extremes and also environmentally friendly. Let's delve deeper into this story. Chloe, what can you tell us about these developments? Well Grace, these developers are essentially mainstreaming resilience into their construction plans, ensuring that these homes can not only withstand conditions such as hurricanes, but are also sustainable and have minimal environmental impact. Think of features like securely installed solar panels that can endure high wind speeds, preserved wetlands and indigenous vegetation around the houses to minimize flooding risks, and the use of recycled or other advanced construction materials that help lower energy consumption. It sounds like an innovative approach but it must also be linked to the intensifying effects of climate change and the increasing frequency of extreme weather events, correct? Absolutely, Grace. These developments are crucial in the context of a rapidly changing climate that's producing more intense weather patterns. Developing structures that can handle these situations not only ensures resident safety but also contributes to preserving our environment. As you know, the construction sector is quite a significant emitter of greenhouse gases, so these sustainable methods in construction are pivotal in our fight against climate change. Talking about that, in the report there were a couple of companies mentioned. Deltec and Pearl Homes, if I remember correctly. They seem to have met with success in reducing the climate impact of their homes. Can you illustrate how they've accomplished this? Certainly, Grace. Deltec and Pearl Homes have been setting an example by showing it's possible to design homes resistant to extreme weather conditions without wavering on sustainability. Their company Ethos revolves around long-term thinking not just about immediate housing needs, but also the broader implications of their constructions on the environment and residents. Their efforts could serve as a blueprint for future developments in other risk-prone locations. So, all things considered, the takeaway from this report would be the increasing importance of resilience and sustainability in real estate, particularly in areas that are vulnerable to extreme weather. Do you think this might eventually cause a paradigm shift in the construction industry? It could very well do so, Grace. Developers are coming to terms with the long-term impact of their projects on both the environment and homeowners. By focusing on resilient and sustainable practices, they can help mitigate climate change-associated risks and also reduce their ecological footprint. The innovative approaches underlined in this Associated Press report indicate that the industry could be moving towards an environmentally conscious future. That's indeed a profound perspective. 
We can only hope this trend of resilient and sustainably built homes becomes the norm in the future. Thanks for that comprehensive explanation, Chloe. No problem at all, Grace. Always happy to unpack these complex issues. Here are some other headlines. Tensions are on an upswing in Gaza with communications being slowly revived after they were broken down by Israeli forces. This is seen as a precursory move for an expected thrust into Gaza City. Palestinian families with relatives held as hostages by Israel are making desperate appeals for global attention to their ordeal, fretting over the world's apathy to their plight. Unfortunately, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's recent trip across the Middle East seems to not have fetched much support for a ceasefire. In public health news, there is growing worry as several children's fruit pouches are now being recalled, suspected to be the source behind a series of illnesses connected to lead contamination. Moving to legal matters, former U.S. President Donald Trump's business and political affairs continue to garner attention as his ongoing civil litigation escalates. Engaging details around Trump's collaborations and financial interests are set to be disclosed during case testimonies. In the realm of technology, a new artificial intelligence tool conceptualized from online dating systems has been devised to match foster children with prospective parents. Regrettably, it appears to be far from effective in promoting successful adoptions for the fragile world of foster kids. Major developments are unfolding in the business world as well. Tesla has announced plans to manufacture a 25,000 euro car in Germany while the restructuring of SpaceX by its CEO, Elon Musk, has drawn some concerned reactions. Other significant business stories include Russia and Saudi Arabia carrying on with voluntary oil reductions, and an exceptional incident of money market calamity in China caused by conflicting interests. For our third story today, a recent study has made some fascinating discoveries about the benefits of Tai Chi for cognitive health. Ethan, you've been following this one closely for us, haven't you? That's right, Grace. The study in question, as reported by NPR, evaluated the effectiveness of Tai Chi, a Chinese martial art known for its slow, controlled movements, in slowing cognitive decline and offering protection against dementia. And can you tell us more about the participants of this study? Absolutely, Grace. The study recruited around 300 older adults who had noticed some decline in their memory. Interestingly, the participants who practiced a simplified form of Tai Chi called Tai Ji Quan twice a week for six months saw their cognitive test scores improve by 1.5 points. So in layman's terms, what does a 1.5 point increase in cognitive test scores mean? Well, Grace, this improvement corresponds to staving off cognitive decline for about three extra years. Moreover, participants who practiced a more advanced form known as cognitively enhanced Tai Ji Quan got even better results. Their scores jumped by about three points, which translates into an additional six years of healthy cognitive function. That's quite remarkable, but what makes Tai Chi in particular so effective? Tai Chi involves a unique balance of physical activity and memorization of movements. These exercises comprise slow, flowing movements combined with deep breathing and relaxation techniques, which in turn, enhance mental focus and concentration. This combination of physical and mental engagement, the researchers believe, stimulates the brain leading to improved cognitive function. Interesting. 
And how does this study compare with previous studies on Tai Chi? Well, these findings offer strong support for earlier research that has documented a range of benefits from practicing Tai Chi, including improved balance, flexibility, and cardiovascular fitness. Moreover, it has been found to reduce stress and anxiety, improve sleep quality, and even boosts mood. Together with the newly documented potential to improve memory and guard against cognitive decline, it makes Tai Chi a highly beneficial practice for older adults. However, it seems there were some limitations to this study. Can you elaborate on this for us, Ethan? Of course, Grace. The participants in the study were predominantly non-Hispanic white individuals with higher education levels. Therefore, it's uncertain whether these results can be generalized to a broader population with different demographic characteristics. However, this does emphasize an important point. Existing evidence clearly demonstrates Tai Chi's potential in improving cognitive health, and efforts should be made to make Tai Chi more accessible to the larger population. Quite fascinating findings indeed. With evidence so strong, one would hope to see Tai Chi more widely embraced. Ethan, thank you for sharing all of the interesting details with us. Always happy to delve into these topics, Grace. I'm certainly looking forward to see what future research has in store. Our final story today involves an element of danger, an animal rescue, and an enduring testament to the spirit of conservation. Chloe, you've got the full report, is that correct? That's right, Grace. It's a heartwarming story that has recently unfolded off the coast of Gustavus, Alaska. A humpback whale got ensnared in heavy fishing gear and thanks to the prompt and decided efforts of wildlife officials, volunteers, and a few experts in the field, it was rescued. Can you paint us a picture of the scene as they found the whale? Of course. As Emily Olson reported in her article on NPR, residents in the area noticed the whale as it struggled in the water trailing two buoys. It had a heavy fishing line entangled tightly from its mouth to its tail. That's a situation that's often described as being hogtied. After contacting the relevant authorities, it was confirmed that a 300-pound crab pot and a whole 450 feet of heavy line had disappeared from a local crab setup. That must have been quite a frightening sight. Why is it so dangerous for whales to be entangled like this? Well, while humpback whales do get caught in various aquatic debris quite frequently and often manage to free themselves, the longer they remain entangled, the more dangerous the situation becomes. Restricted movement can lead to a variety of complications and may even prove fatal if not addressed promptly. Indeed. Now let's talk about the rescue operation itself. Can you walk us through those decisive moments? As per authorization from the Marine Mammal Health and Stranding Response Program, a team consisting of professionals in boats and a drone operator giving an overhead view of the situation, set up to execute the operation. Even though it was tricky and the whale put up initial resistance, after around seven hours of relentless work, they were finally able to cut the last bit of line off the whale's tail. Now that's determination. It must have been quite a sight to witness the whale's response. Absolutely, Grace. As soon as the whale was set free, it shot off into the depth, clearly expressing its joy at gaining freedom. The crab pot, however, did sink to the seafloor and is yet to be retrieved. A happy ending, indeed. Can you tell us a little more about this particular whale? Identified as Seek 5490, 
Our rescued humpback whale is still quite young, around three or four years old. It's believed to be new to the Glacier Bay area, having first been sighted there only this past July. Interestingly, it already bore a scar, likely from a prior encounter with a boat's propeller. What an incredible journey for such a young whale. Lastly, Chloe, what implications can we take away from this incident? This story serves as a strong reminder of the potential dangers that marine life can face due to fishing gear and other debris. The public is also urged to maintain a safe distance, at least 100 yards, if they come across any entangled marine life and to contact the U.S. Coast Guard or the local NOAA Marine Life Hotline instead of trying to intervene directly. Indeed, that cautionary note serves as an appropriate way to end our segment. A big thanks to wildlife officials, volunteers, and all those involved in the rescue operation and, of course, to you, Chloe, for your coverage on this riveting rescue. It's been my pleasure, Grace. It's always heartening to share such hopeful stories. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.